1: Third,
2: you are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October fifth, twenty seventeen edition of On the Daily, a Rotoviz Podcast, brought to you by my bookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK. And my co-host is Nick Giffen. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rotodoc. Nick, how's it going, and how'd you do in week four DFS? Man, it's it's
3: been a rough week. Obviously, uh, you know, living in Vegas, it's it's certainly yes. been a, a tough week. Um, so still catching up a little this week from that. Uh, probably about a day and a half behind on research. I basically took all of all of Monday off. Uh, I was answering a lot of people's Text messages, let them know what was going on. Uh, I was fine, and
1: what we were going to do to help out. to Love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Around the community, um, and then uh,
3: Tuesday it was just kind of hard to get back into work, but. Uh, this past weekend also didn't go so great. It was actually my worst weekend of DFS since week 17 of 2015. So everybody has those weeks. Um, they always they happen to be once in a you know once in a blue moon, and it happened to be my worst week since uh, 2015, and uh, was was not a fun week. But you know what? That it happens, and I'm, it's funny because I put in a lot of work last week, and I feel like I've obviously I'm about a day and a half behind, so I'll be relying on you a bit here uh, to carry the show, but. Uh, Maybe it means I'll just have a good week. I don't know. I <laughs> put in so much work last week that uh, maybe maybe just putting a little less work yeah. this week will, will work some wonders.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's life always comes before DFS. Even you know, even as much as we love DFS, it's you know, things there's priorities in life and you always have to have your priorities in order before, you know, you get to your hobbies. Um, even when it comes to DFS. So yeah, it's I, I am prepared and ready to go for this week. It's gonna be a very interesting week. Um so yeah, let's get right back on the horse, Nick. So let's start with a little a question I thought was really interesting, as this week um it's gonna have some interesting uh dilemmas, I think, for everyone in DFS when it comes to especially tournaments. So I wanted to get your thoughts on how we approach a week like this to where um and it's not necessarily for the players in question, but we have two skilled positions in particular that are high priced and we expect to be very high owned. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit later individually, but those two, those two spots are going to be Le'Veon Bell against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home at, at a little bit of a higher price and Todd Gurley taking on the Seattle Seahawks. A little bit higher price, not as high as Le'Veon Bell. So in these two spots to where we can expect really high ownership, even in tournaments, I would say, how do you approach these kinds of things? Do you take a more, um, contextual type approach to where it's really going to be, you know, really dependent on from week to week as to how you're going to approach these type things. Do you tend to avoid them altogether due to the high ownership percentage? How do you deal with these sorts of things in tournaments?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a couple things, of course, that are going on here. First, you've got the theory aspect. Second, you've got just kind of the performance aspect and what range of range of outcomes we can. We can assign to these players. I think with somebody like uh, Le'Veon Bell, we can probably expect his normal range of outcomes. Uh, You know, the matchup here with Jacksonville is actually a very good one. Um, Jacksonville right now is first in DVOA against the pass and dead last in DVOA against the run. So clearly a spot where running is going to be a lot easier than than passing. Um, You know, I do think uh, that is, that, that plays well for Le'Veon Bell. I think obviously him having a very good week this past week also plays well for Le'Veon Bell. He sounds like he's kind of, you know, back on the horse after the first two games were pretty rough for him. The third game got, got, got a lot better. He had, you know, 21.8 DraftKings points. And then, uh, this past weekend, Baltimore, we thought was going to be a pretty tough matchup, but it turns out he went bananas, 37.6 DraftKings points, uh, got six targets. So, You know he's had six targets or more in three of the four games. So right now he's getting the volume. He's he's become efficient, the Le'Veon Bell we know, and they're at home. So I think you can expect Le'Veon Bell's normal range of outcomes. And I do think because there are some other good spots. um, You did mention Todd Gurley, also Ezekiel Elliott. I think will draw a lot of ownership. Uh, Even um, you know a couple of the other guys in in the expensive range could draw some ownership, whether it's at uh, wide receiver or somebody like Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Then. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is necessarily going to be forty percent owned. So I think we play him as normal. Um, Todd Gurley for me is the situation's a little bit different here. He's at his highest price point that uh, obviously he's been all year. But even going back into last year, he hasn't been this price point at all. So um, he's at, at, a, at a, essentially a record high for him at eight thousand dollars on on DraftKings. So if you're if you're playing on DraftKings, he's at a record high. Uh, And, you know, I think even on FanDuel, he's 7,800, which is, I guess it's more reasonable than DraftKings. He has been, you know, above 7,800. He was last week, he was two weeks ago, and he was three weeks ago. But prior to that, uh, you know, 7,800 was kind of around his peak last year. He did have an 8,100, 7,900-dollar game. So he's more palatable on on FanDuel. But I think on DraftKings, I'm probably going to get away from him in tournaments if he's going to draw 15, 20, 25% ownership. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks, they have allowed some big plays to some running backs this year. Remember DeMarco Murray had a big run um, But they also have, you know, Carlos Hyde did play, I guess, well But he was only just slightly above his average this year against Seattle And then other than that they held Frank Gore to right around or below his average and and they held Ty Montgomery in his healthy games to uh, The lowest point total of the year. So Seattle has been a bit more of a difficult matchup than, uh, you know, you'd like to think now I know um, again, Todd Gurley's just been fantastic this year. He's, he's been incredible. But when you get a player who's at his highest price point of all time and the matchup isn't um, maybe as good as it seems on paper when you start strength of schedule adjusting... Then that's probably a spot where I want to get away from it a little bit. Um, again, if you also, if you just look at Todd Gurley in terms of the schedule he's faced this year, this is either his toughest or second toughest matchup, depending on how you define it. Uh, if you go by strength-adjusted schedule, it's his tied for toughest with Dallas uh, last week, which of course he did, he did crush, but he also. Had a good favorable matchup against Indianapolis, favorable matchup against Washington, favorable, very favorable matchup against San Francisco, and Dallas was his toughest of the year. Seattle will be at least along those lines of Dallas, and I know, again, he crushed against Dallas, but uh, I don't think that's going to be his norm every week. What is positive is all the targets he's been getting. I do wonder if we've seen a ceiling in targets 7 and 8 each of the past two games. I know they're trying to get him more targets, but his first two games he had 6 and 4, so we could probably expect some regression. Um, I think you know a, a twenty point outcome is is reasonable for him, but I don't know at eight thousand dollars if that's going to be a GPP winning range there for him in the low to mid twenties uh, on DraftKings.
0: That's really interesting how you have kind of a uh, different take for both players. I, I think it makes sense. Um, do, you, do you anticipate Todd Gurley to have a higher ownership than Le'Veon Bell, given at least on DraftKings, given the, the you know the difference in price of fifteen hundred?
3: I'm not sure I do because I think people will see the matchup with Jacksonville and just automatically go, it's a slam dunk spot for Le'Veon and they'll they'll try to get him in. Um, I guess there is something to be said for $1,500 in savings, obviously, but I think Le'Veon Bell's upside is just, uh, it's so high. I mean, I know Gurley's upside is very high, but we also have to kind of uh, remember the fact that this is his hardest matchup of the year, whereas Le'Veon is probably facing, if not as easiest, his second easiest matchup of the year, so... Uh, and now Le'Veon, you know, he didn't have a preseason or anything like that, so his first couple games were kind of his warm up, and now he's really hit his stride. Uh, I, you know, I, I think for me, uh, the range of outcomes are probably a little higher for Le'Veon Bell than than Todd Gurley, both in median and in uh, maybe an upside. They're a little closer, so so there is an argument for saving fifteen hundred dollars and going to Gurley, but. Um, I'm not so sure that the ownership will actually go towards early. People look at Seattle and, and, and think it's tough. And it, and it has been in terms of his matchups this year it will be as tough as one. And people look at Jacksonville and see it's probably going to be a pretty easy matchup on the ground relative to the air. So I think Le'Veon Dell will be higher owned. But uh, I think that's the way I would
0: probably play it as well. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Sounds great. Let's get on to the next segment. But before we do, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and it also supports the pod. Also, for those of you looking for a direct feed to our show in particular on the daily, we've created a specific channel on both iTunes and Blog Talk Radio for the On The Daily Pods. This won't affect anything. If you still want to remain subscribed to the primary Rotoviz radio channel to listen to all the audio content we have to offer at Rotoviz, But if you'd like to get our show specifically, that option is now available to you. So just so you know. All right, let's begin with our cash plays, Nick, starting with the running back position. uh, We pretty much outlined who I think the two, at least two of the biggest plays are going to be this week. But are there any other, there are some other nice options, I think, kind of across the board. Mid-range, high-end, even some value play. So, who are the guys you're looking at at running back this week in cash?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely starting up at the top with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think just the, given the matchup, given the situation there, uh, given his his median projection, his upside projection, his floor, he's going to have a, a very nice day. We, we talked about the matchup a little bit and how it's uh, a very favorable situation for him. So, Certainly don't mind smashing in Le'Veon Bell where I can in cash games. Uh, outside of that, I mean, yeah, you mentioned there's a lot of value this week. We can look at, for example, the New York Jets and the situation there. They've got a nice matchup against Cleveland. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Bilal Powell will be a guy that we can probably uh, pencil in for for some work there against the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know they're on the road, so they're going to be... A bit of a maybe not a favorite, but also maybe not a dog right now. It's actually a, a pick 'em, so you know that means Vegas actually thinks the New York Jets are better on a neutral field or, uh, or at home. So I think there's a chance that. And even with Blau Powell, you know, he he's so involved in the past game as well that I think he can get work in all areas. And then again, when you consider schedule adjusted, strength of schedule, et cetera, um, you know, Cleveland has been the third worst so far in terms of the teams that are playing this weekend. So I think uh, Blau Powell in play in pretty much all formats, and, and I think game script doesn't really matter too much for him. He's going to get work in all facets of the game, and it's his best, again, best matchup of the year, just like we were talking about with Le'Veon Bell, uh, where it's probably his best matchup, or, or one of his best matchups of the year. I know Cleveland as well, people faced in the first week, but kind of was a, a warm-up game for him there, but uh, I think Ball Powell is certainly in play if you want to save a little bit and get somebody who's going to be active in all facets of the game, Obviously, we have to wait and see what's going to happen in Green Bay with with Ty Montgomery. Um, you know, is it going to be Aaron Jones? Is it going to be Jonathan Williams? It, or, sorry, Jamal Williams. It might be too messy of a situation there. But I would be interested if, for some reason, maybe uh, Ty Montgomery was out, and then one of the two were going to be get a clear cut workload. I wouldn't mind playing them. I just don't think we're going to end up seeing that this weekend. So I'm actually probably. More than likely paying up at the running back position, uh, like I said, below Powell, Le'Veon Bell, and either Zeke or, or Gurley, depending on, um, you know, I think, just kind of depending on how the rest of your roster falls. I certainly don't mind playing Ezekiel Elliott. I think there is going to be a lot of players from Dallas and Green Bay that are eligible for cash games this week, so it makes it a little bit tougher for me to play Zeke in cash because of that, um, but... Uh, You know, I mean, I can, as we talk about the other positions, I think we can probably name some other Cowboys that could be in play in cash games as well. So it makes it a little bit tough, but I think um, certainly he's in play if you're not going to just
0: overload on Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Just, it kind of just seems like the safest option is really just, number one, I think Le'Veon Bell is just kind of a guy that you just have to get in there. Um, He's just too good of a play, probably the number one play on, uh, across any position, just given the spot, even at the elevated price point, it's. Is a guy you're just going to play, and then I think kind of like I, I like what you said in the early part of the show. I think early, um, he he's still in a pretty darn good spot. Uh, probably a guy I think I will end up within my cash lineup, but not necessarily someone that you have to force in there. Um, you, you can go with Bilal Pal if Matt Forte is still out. Um, I think that that's a fine spot. He is a, at a little bit of an elevated price following that kind of like a good week, but fluky week last week, given that you know that 75 yard run, which is pretty interesting. Jags defense, lol. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think there's some other options I like at running back, but none I think that are really justified for cash games at this point. So,
3: yeah, it, it's tough, and I I come to actually chime in about you know just some of these other players down here. Like, uh, you know, it's funny Frank Gore. I don't love him in any format, but if you are going to play him in any format, it would be cash games, given he's forty four hundred dollars. Uh, he's just got the nuts matchup this weekend in terms of San Francisco is the worst in terms of strength of schedule adjusted points allowed to the running back position. And again, it would be his, obviously because they're the dead last, It would also be Frank Gore's best matchup of the year. Uh, just in terms of a zero to one scale right now, uh, his, the, the matchup he's faced so far this year is 0.46 and um, San Francisco is a one. So uh, he gets a, a 0.54 change positive change direction for Frank Gore there so he gets a huge matchup benefit and uh if Marlon Mack is going to continue to be out I think that's something that is interesting there just from the fact that like Frank Gore he's super consistent I mean he he just he picks up his 10 12 sometimes 18 points a game depending on if he gets a touchdown and uh you know if he occasionally um catches a couple passes or things like that so you know last year he had a couple games 14 19 14 16 15 18 those are all pretty good scores for a guy who's forty four hundred dollars on draftkings i don't know if i love it but uh it's something that we probably can't at least ignore for cash games i just don't think i'll end up going that route but it's certainly something we can't ignore if marlon mack is gonna be out
0: yeah certainly certainly all right let's move on to the next position the wide receiver position um in all likelihood this is going to be the Position people are paying down at, even though I think there are some decent plays up in the higher end um, of the of the salary range there. Um, who are some guys at wide receiver that you're looking at this week, Nick?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, again, another interesting week because I actually do think there are plays across the board. Des Bryant is one of those guys that I mentioned that could be in play for Dallas uh, in cash games. And again, priced at 6500 on DraftKings, which is exactly where he was last week. Just a, you talk about smash matchup. These Green Bay defensive backs are, are bad. So I think this is a situation where Des Bryant has a very high touchdown potential. Uh, and even if not, uh, you know I think he's going to catch plenty of passes for plenty of yards. Certainly has a chance to break a hundred yards receiving. He fell two yards short this past weekend, which was disappointing because I had a decent amount of him. But uh, you know I, I definitely think Des Bryant is a lock for six to eight minimum targets, I would think at least, given what we'll probably see from the pace of the game, the amount of scoring and the fact that uh, Dallas could be You know they're they're favored right now, but they always could be playing from behind against an Aaron Rodgers type team. So I do like Des and Cash. Uh, I think sixty five hundred very nice price tag for him. Uh, If you want to go a little bit cheaper, you know there is the situation here in San Francisco. So I I guess I should say a lot cheaper. Where if Marquise Goodwin's going to be out, Aldrick Robinson did get twelve targets against the Cardinals. Didn't do anything with them. Three catches for fifty two yards, which is only eight point two. DraftKings points and even less on, you know, half PPR sites, it's only 6.7 uh, half PPR points there. So um, you know, we want to see better efficiency, but the matchup is pretty good against the Indianapolis Colts there for, for Aldrick Robinson. I think he's somebody you can consider, but I also think he's a very interesting fade just because I, you know, it's, it's so weird because I think in terms of cash games, he might be an interesting fade because he is a bit boomer bust, but I like him more in GPPs, but I think he's going to draw ownership in GPPs anyway, because people will look at him and think he's kind of in play for cash games. So, uh, definitely, just something I think that's pretty interesting there with Aldrick Robinson. Um, I, I think people will use him in cash, but I think I'd rather use him in GPP. Um, outside of that, it's it's pretty tough, uh, at least for me. I, I know you said you're probably paying down, so I'm curious at who you're paying down for.
0: Yeah, so just a couple of guys in that in that mid range. You mentioned Des Bryant, 6,500. I think that's pretty pretty decent smash there. Uh Larry Fitzgerald 6800 I think is a uh is a nice option. He gosh, he seems to be a whole lot more up and down than he has been in past years given just the target discrepancy from week to week, but um against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary in a game where they should be trailing, I I think he's fine. Um Jarvis Landry in this uh Dolphins versus Titans game against that just you saw what Deshaun Watson did last week against that Titan secondary. I know Watson has, he's kind of, you know, taken a victory lap this week, but I think he's still got a little ways to go. Um, I, I think it was a lot more due to that Titan secondary than a lot of people want to admit. So even with Jake Cutler at quarterback, I think Jarvis Landry, um, and just, you know, the volume of targets he's seeing, even though the pass the game has been off at 5,800 on DraftKings, I think is a perfectly fine play. And if you really want to pay down, it's... It's going to be one of those spots to where I know a lot of people aren't going to like it, but Jermaine curse for forty five hundred or Robbie Anderson at four thousand, I think, are two good options against the Cleveland Browns. I, I this is a pick em at the moment with one of the lower scoring totals, but um, we saw what we you know what we saw from the Cleveland Browns last week against that uh, that Andy Dalton offense, which has had looked just terrible 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 at the beginning of the season I they really had a, a nice kind of a little bump there against Green Bay but I still don't think they're all that great um definitely not the amount of points they put up great last week against the Browns so uh for you know uh, on Draft Kings Robbie Anderson 4,000 Curse for 4,500 I think those are pretty two pretty nice options as well yeah I I think those
3: are very good options actually I like those those picks it's just, the thing is you're probably going to have to pick one of them. So if you, if you, I guess some of it will come down to how much salary do you have left over, but would you prefer curse at 40, you know, let's say you had salary uh, or, you know, let's say um, curse at 4,500 or uh, Robbie Anderson at his price there at 4,000 relative to salary. Which one of the two do you like better?
0: I think I'd go Curse just because he's much more um, – Josh McCown has been looking at him in the red zone, so I think he's going to add a little more consistency, even though Robbie Anderson did have a nice week last week while Curse was fairly quiet. Um, it could be really either one. I, I don't know. I'd give the slight edge to Curse, but um, saving the 500 on Robbie Anderson is not bad either. I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with either. I think people are going to way over, way over go after ASJ this week, even though he's my dude at 3,500 at <laughs> tight end this week. Um, so yeah, I, I think either one's fine stuff. All right, let's move on to the next position, the quarterback position. Um, yeah, we got, we got some high end options. We got some low end options. We got some options that, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to hold your nose before you click the, you know, accept button not setting your lineup, but a lot of nice spots this week, Nick. So who are the guys you're looking at at this week in cash with the quarterback position?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people will end up looking at Dak Prescott in cash games, obviously with that high, super high total uh, 52.5 points, and they actually get the highest team total. Makes a lot of sense, 6,800, you're getting Dak Prescott at a very nice you know, price there relative to the expected points that the team should put up, so um, I think in cash games, he's totally fine, but I do wonder, you know, in GVPs, will he be the best play? He actually does get you know priced up a little bit this weekend and then if you look again at like strength adjusted schedule uh, the Green Bay is right there in the middle of the pack so it's not like uh, Green Bay has allowed quarterbacks to just go bananas relative to their average they're basically almost smack dab in the middle so then we go look at well what has Dak's average been this year it's been 20.4 points which you know uh, I guess that's right around 3x if you're one of those people who likes to use the x number on DraftKings uh it, it's it's Sorry, it's uh, 20.4 divided by 6.8. I'm trying to do the math here. Yeah, exactly 3X. So uh, if you're one of those people who likes to go by that number, DAC is a fine play. I'm just not sure he's going to be my favorite cash game play this weekend. I know some people use Aaron Rodgers as well. But again, uh, schedule adjusting, strength of schedule adjusting. We now have four games under our belt. Uh, Dallas also ends up basically smack dab in the middle. Green Bay and Dallas are actually right next to each other in terms of schedule adjusted quarterback matchup. If We just use data this year. So uh, it's tough for me to pay up. $8,100 for Aaron Rodgers in cash games, I think. It's probably not the optimal way to go if you're playing cash, because you know, he's averaged right around 24, 25 points, something like that, to undraft, 24 points on draft games this year. So again, you're getting just under 3x value, I and mean, at your expensive guys, sure, it's, it's okay to get, I guess, less than 3x value, but uh, I just like smashing value with my quarterbacks, because there are quarterbacks that are a lot cheaper that can get you a much uh, higher... You know, points per dollar relative to their cost. So, you know, there's a couple guys that I really like. My favorite one is Brian Hoyer this week. Uh, I know he probably ends up more of a GPP play for a lot of people, but I like using them in cash games this weekend. I think both Indianapolis and San Francisco have very nice matchups in the passing game, and when that happens, we could see a bit of a shootout. If we look at Brian Hoyer this year, um, just in terms of, of who he's faced this year, He's had a negative matchup against Carolina, a very negative matchup against Seattle, a negative matchup against the Rams, and a pretty negative matchup against Arizona, according to the road of his Bilo machine. All four red games so far. Then we look at Indianapolis, and it's the fourth best schedule-adjusted matchup of the weekend. So when we compare the schedule Hoyer has faced so far to what he will be facing this weekend is a huge difference. And, and you know, Hoyer did have that big game against Los Angeles, but I think his floor, he's shown it to be pretty low this year, but it's been all been in very difficult matchups. I think this is finally the time where he gets a good matchup and his opponent gets a good matchup so that maybe this game goes over and at $4,700 on DraftKings, how can you not take advantage of that?
0: Yeah, that was the guy I was looking at as well. he's probably going to be the guy I roll with, but I think there's some other options. Um, Namely, going back to that Jets-Browns game, if you don't, if you kind of want to hit the absolute smash bot with maybe not the perfect game script, but something to where I think he's going to succeed at least, Josh McCown at 4,500. Um, you know, this Cleveland defense is the number, giving up the uh, most adjusted fantasy points um to the opposing quarterbacks. You know, it's plenty good. There's some, you know, some nice passing options relative to the um, you know, the the quality of defense they're gonna be facing in the Cleveland Browns. So I think McCown at forty five hundred is a nice one. If you want to pay up for Aaron Rodgers at eighty one hundred, um I don't think it's the you know a fantastic play by any means, but if you that's the way you want to go, I, I think he's kind of locked in for a nice game against that Cowboys secondary, even if they are kinda middle of the road. Um fan, uh four for four has the Dallas Cowboys as the uh ranked uh tenth most uh, giving up the 10th most adjusted fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and with that running game really just kind of out of sorts, um, with three different options, maybe they just rely on Aaron Rodgers to really get the job done. It's worked for him in the past. So, um, it, it, not the route I'm going to be going, but yeah, I think that's one's okay. Um, there might be some other options, but I think they're, you know, GPP plays like Jacoby Brissett, uh, Carson Wentz. I, I think Hoyer and McCown to me are going to be the guys I, I think I'm going to be rolling with in cash this week.
3: There you go. Yeah. Um, um I'm I think the count is totally fine as well uh if you're if you're going the pay down route. I think I just like Hoyer a little bit better, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's probably split in hairs.
0: Yeah, well the matchup. The matchup is much more conducive to quarterback fantasy points. We like to give our, our listeners options. There you go. Yeah. Alright, let's move on to our favorite position, a position that's being outshined. I've seen on fantasy Twitter by fantasy defense this year tight end has just been pretty gross across the board but you know we we still gotta play the position Nick so not a not a great week for tight ends again but there may be a few options who are you looking at at the tight end position in cash this week
3: Uh, I think I think uh, Heath I'm gonna turn the tables on you I I think there's a guy you're looking at am I right
0: uh yeah I, I have one guy on my list
3: yeah who might that be
0: ASJ for $3,500. I knew it. It's not, Eric, it's not Eric Swope? No, no. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, Eric Swope, even though... You know, I, I hedged my bets trying to go after him. Um, he is officially on IR. He is not playing. Um, even, his counterpart Jack, even his counterpart Jack Doyle is unlikely to play this week but the concussion. in the, the concussion protocol still, I believe so.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Heath and I had a little bit of uh, Austin Spirit and Jenkins versus Eric Swope uh, off-season battle there. And obviously with the IR, uh, Heath is going to win this. But I contend if there was no IR for Eric Swope, it would be a pretty good battle.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it probably would be at this point because ASJ, he has been slow out of the gate with the suspension and everything. But yeah, um... It's just it's tough. I, I, I'm i not finding a lot of options I'm really super happy with. Somehow I always seem to be coming back to Jared Cook, uh, 3,900. He is I'm by no means a cash game play, but I, I'm really just grasping for straws here. I think Ben Watson at 3,600 against the Oakland Raiders. Um, is a isn't a nice spot he's actually been one of the the one of the bright spots in this just pitiful Ravens offense especially passing offense but then again you're having to rely on the likes of Joe Flacco to deliver the ball um i mean i have ASJ written down which um i think is probably going to be the guy i'm going with just because the you know the Cleveland Browns have been you know really giving like a ton of points to the tight end position which makes me question my entire week when i'm stacking jets um, uh, the New York I mean I want to I wanna go after the tight ends in, San, in uh, Los Angeles but I don't know who to pick Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates Hunter Henry should be on the field but he's just not seeing the volume I don't know it, it's probably just going to be one of those weeks where I'm just I, I, I'm just punting the position yeah, I mean just staying really really low end in terms of salary and just kind of hoping I just happen to hit on that guy who scores a touchdown for me
3: yeah, um, I think it's one of those weeks you kind of just have to do that. I I agree with you. I think Hunter Henry is a very fine GPP play. And I was on him last week. He did catch a touchdown, but he did anything else outside of the touchdown. Three targets, uh, two catches. So, um, you know, he, he that second game of the year against Miami, seven targets, seven receptions, 80 yards. If he catches a touchdown in that game, that's 21 points in PPR. You know, he has that kind of upside. Uh, it just for whatever reason, they're not using him a bunch this year. I do think this is a week to use him in GPPs. He will, of course, get some ownership. So uh, it does make it that much harder. But it is pretty gross kind of just across the board. I mean, you look at the guys with um, expensive prices. They have terrible matchups like Zach Ertz, dead last in schedule adjusted matchup. Um, it's, it's just not a, a fun week. Uh, obviously, you know, Delaney Walker... Decent matchup, but uh, priced up, and and I wouldn't say it's a smash matchup, especially if Mariota's going to be out, then it's a little more concerning, so uh, just a really tough situation here this weekend at the tight end position, so I'm actually with you, Heath, I actually am with you, I I think paying down, maybe playing Austin Safarian Jenkins might (laughs) actually be the way I go this weekend, now that's it, that's it. I also kind of like, uh, if you're going to pay down, I also kind of like 3,100 Eric Ebron. Um, Carolina has had a, been a positive matchup for tight ends this year. And, uh, you know, Ebron do, does have three, five, seven, and four targets each game. So if, if he gets on the higher end of that target range, he's going to be a good play. If he's on the low end of the target range. He's a terrible play, but, uh, Who's going to get targets this weekend? I mean, Austin Spare and Jenkins only had four last week, so um, it's 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 super slim pickings this weekend at tight end. I think you're right. In cash games, you kind of just punt the position.
0: Keep an eye on Jack Doyle at uh, 3,700 on DraftKings. If he does end up playing, he might not be a terrible option against San Francisco, even though he's he's had a real slow start to the season relative to his expectations. But, yeah, it's probably just going to be one of those positions that you're just kind of clicking buttons at, but... All right, let's move on to our next segment, Nick, the contrarian corner. Some top contrarian plays at any position. Really, just kind of just throw some names out there? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Um, I, I guess tight end probably not, <laughs> given just how, you know, depraved the position is. Um, who are some guys that you're looking at in terms of contrarian plays?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, at the tight end position, I certainly don't mind uh, Hunter Henry again. Um, He caught that touchdown last week. They are willing to use him in the red zone. And if he does get volume, we mentioned it's a very good matchup. If he does get volume, I'm totally okay with using Hunter Henry as a contrarian play. Uh, Obviously, I mentioned Brian Hoyer. If you want to stack him, we did talk about Aldrick Robinson. But I think there's obviously another option in that game. That, of course, being Pierre Garçon, who I think will get lower ownership than Aldrick Robinson. But we do know... You know Pierre Garçon does have the potential to just absorb a ton of volume, 10 targets in two of his games this year. One of the games for 142 yards. Imagine if he had caught a touchdown in that game. I mean, he would have had a, let's see, 24, 30-point drafting day. So he does have plenty of upside if he gets a lot of targets. He's efficient and happens to catch a touchdown. So I think if Aldrick Robinson is going to be the guy uh, in terms of GPP usage, which, again, I do like using him in GPP for his upside. Pierre Garçon is also in play in GPPs as well. I like making, if you're making multiple lineups, make multiple different Brian Hoyer stacks and and see how they fare. Uh, I think um, you're right. If Jack Doyle plays, he becomes a GPP play for me instantly. I think people in that game will be on T.Y. Hilton at the wide receiver position. Uh, and, And I actually do think in this case, even somebody like Dante Moncrief, which as much as I hate saying it because I'm never on Dante Moncrief, could be in play in GPPs as well if Indianapolis is going to put up points, um, $3,900 for Moncrief. I know he hasn't had a lot of volume and, um, rightly so, because he's not very good, but, uh, you know, let's say he gets a little bit more volume this week and actually does something with and scores a touchdown, very contrarian play. I wouldn't have a ton of him, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a week where, you know, I probably want to go contrarian, at least in terms of the running back position, maybe not paying up for Todd Gurley, as we mentioned about at the top of the show. Somebody I think is interesting um, could be Christian McCaffrey. We didn't really talk about him. I don't know how contrarian he'll be, um, but I think definitely he's, he's in play there, 5,700, which is kind of coming back down for him in price compared to where he was the prior two weeks. So uh, I think... You know, when he, Whenever you get a guy who has 7, 5, 11, and 6 targets and he can rush the ball a handful of times per game, there's certainly some upside. I know Detroit's been a lot better on defense than they were last year, but uh, I still think he can run on them. I think he can throw to the running back on them. So um, I definitely don't mind Christian McCaffrey. I'm curious where you're finding the most contrarian value there, uh, Heath.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to be looking up, and I think this is a prime week, the the, the approach of paying up to be contrarian. Um, and that's going to include some spots to where a lot of people's lineups are just not going to be, you know, finding themselves able to really reach up given to how the typical roster construction is going to be. So that means targeting some high end wide receivers. Uh, first on my list, Odell Beckham, eight, you know, 8,500 on DraftKings. I think he's in a spot to where, you know, coming off a week to where everyone saw the, the gross broken finger. Um, the bum ankle, they're gonna say like, well, why would I pay up for a guy who's injured? He's already looking like he's fine to play this week. And in a really nice spot against a Chargers secondary that has really struggled without Jason Barrett. Um, given up the seventh most adjusted fantasy points to the wide receiver position. This New York Giants passing game has been throwing the ball a ton. Just an absolute ton. Um, and that's, I think, gonna be conducive in a spot against, to where they can, you know, Odell Beckham and maybe even Sterling Shepard. Could have two real nice games. that are going to be kind of um, under the radar. Another one, Antonio Brown. He's at a real low price, eighty-four hundred. You know, I realize that this Jack secondary is one that we perceive as a very strong matchup, and, and they are a very good secondary. Don't to get me wrong here, but I I would like to point out that you know the, the Jacksonville Jaguars may have had some matchups that kind of padded their stats a little bit. Um, they got one week against the Tom Savage Houston Texans, another against the uh, the Titans. And then the next two weeks against the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets. Maybe this is not a uh, you know it, it, I, I I shouldn't say they are a bad secondary by any means. Don't don't uh, get me wrong there. But Antonio Brown is an elite wide receiver in the league. Uh, the Steelers are at home. They they've shown they play so much better at home. And you know when you get a discount on a guy who is an elite player. Um, especially when there's another guy in the same game who everyone's going to be on. Antonio Brown could be, you know, an elite guy who goes under, you know, 10%, maybe even as low as 5%. So I really like him there. Um, another spot, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and he's actually a pretty darn good bargain, but for 5,800, this Arizona Cardinals secondary has been giving up a lot of points and I'm surprised that people are off him, but I'm seeing a lot of people scared of him being shadowed by Patrick Peterson um which is understandable Patrick Peterson's is one of the you know top corners in the league but overall this this Arizona Cardinals secondary is still giving up a ton of fantasy points and at a price of 5800 with low ownership I think I'm willing to you know just kind of take the chance on him uh for such a price and then also just really one more pivot play Lashawn McCoy at 7800 in that range to where everyone's going to be on Todd Gurley um in a matchup that I would say is lesser on paper um having you know on the road against the the Cincinnati Bengals who have done a fairly decent job against running backs. Um it's just LaShawn McCoy is still that guy who can see just a ton of volume every week, um, uh, through the passing game at the goal line to where he really could go off. And if he does, you could really get him at, you know, again less than 10%, maybe even less than 5%. So I I think it's a week to where I I think I'm just gonna start with some of these guys as the basis of a lot of tournament lineups and just kind of build from there and I really don't have to really go outlandish anywhere else because my roster construction is just gonna be so novel.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're spot on with the Antonio Brown call there. I know you and I We did talk about that a little bit before the show and uh, I think that is a very, very good call with Antonio Brown. I will still have Zeke, but I think I like alternating Zeke and Antonio Brown in a lot of my lineups. I'll definitely be overweight on Antonio Brown. A couple other plays that I wouldn't say aren't really contrarian corner, but that I like in GVPs that I think other people will like in GPPs. Devontae Parker, I think, has a very good matchup against Tennessee. Um, obviously, Tennessee struggles on the outside. They do a little bit better against the slot, which is why I think Jarvis Landry's an interesting fade in GPPs, and I'd rather go Devontae Parker, who also, I think, just like has more big play upside than Landry. You know, Landry, you're looking for him to catch kind of a slant and then just get free and get through the safeties and and take it to the house, Uh, and then otherwise just get a lot of volume. But Devontae Parker, I think, has a lot of big play upside. And then also Keenan Allen, same thing here. If he's going to avoid Janoris Jenkins because he plays more than half the time in the slots... Um, Philip Rivers, I think, will look for tight ends, as we mentioned, with Hunter Henry. Also look for Keenan Allen, and I think he could go a little bit under-owned as well, just because, like we said, he's in that top, at least in the main slate, he's a top five priced wide receiver. But he is a $900 discount to Jordy Nelson, who's the fourth highest priced receiver. So I like that little bit of a discount relative to the elite tier for Keenan Allen. Uh, then you, you know, you've got other guys in there, Doug Baldwin, Larry Fitzgerald, right there in that price range. But I think I like Keenan Allen over those guys in that same price range as well. Um, obviously, there's going to be... It's funny, we haven't really talked about Green Bay or Dallas at all, and I think what I want to do with them is just, instead of stacking the Green Bay-Dallas game, because I think it'll definitely get a lot of ownership, it's the highest total on the game uh, or of the weekend, of course, um, I think what I want to do is pick and choose pieces from there, and I'll probably end up you know, with a good amount of each player, uh, I don't really have a preference in that game necessarily at this point in my process because I'm a day and a half behind. But what I do know I want to do in terms of being contrarian is maybe fading that game in terms of stacks.
0: Interesting, interesting. Unless someone gets on the phone with you know the, the the Cowboys coaching staff and possibly just maybe you know talks them into giving Bryce Butler a few more targets. Terrence Williams just isn't the guy. Got to move on. Bryce Butler. Get him some targets. All right, let's 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 move on to our next segment, Nick. But before we do, we have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try out the new app, Draft. It's one-week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can hop into one right now. Play for cold, hard cash at any price level of your choosing. Drafts start from just $1. There's a draft for everybody. There's no salary caps. It's a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come join us at Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whichever you prefer. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft When you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code RVRADIO. That's right. Play a real money game for free just using our promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit. Just search Drafts in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play for free with promo code RVRADIO. Nick, we went over it before the show. What a heartbreaking loss for me last week. We tallied up the scores, everyone. Nick, with a grand total of 98.98 points, defeated me. And my 98.82 points, a difference of point one six. Heartbreaking defeat, Nick. Heartbreaking I don't defeat, know what you're
3: Nick. talking about. That's not heartbreaking. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm, I'm 3-1 now. Yeah, there yeah. we go.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, great, great, great. <laughs> All right, but, yep, yeah, we, we got to get back on here. There's still plenty of games to be played here on drafts, so looks like I'm going to be first up this week which I guess is good because I get and I, I think my my first pick here is pretty rock solid so we've been talking about them all show um I'm gonna go with Le'Veon Bell Nick
3: all right uh I think Le'Veon Bell is a pretty solid choice there I can't really argue against that but uh you know It's a super tough week because I think there's a lot of picks that um, could be made at the running back position, could be made uh, you know, pretty high in the running back position. So I think I'm going to try to grab a couple of top wide receivers. I am going to grab both Odell Beckham, and I'm actually going to go ahead and grab a quarterback. So I'm not actually going to grab two wide receivers. I'm going to go ahead and grab a quarterback. That guy, of course, is going to be Aaron Rodgers. That's my first two picks.
0: That's nice. Okay. So, if you're going to go in that direction, I I think I I think I'm going to go with uh Jordy Nelson as my wide receiver to play off your Aaron Rodgers a little bit there. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to go with Todd Gurley just to grab two high end running backs.
3: Very good. So, uh right now I have a quarterback and a wide receiver, so I'm going to take another wide receiver. Um I think it's interesting. So, uh you know, there's, there's some names here. Antonio Brown, you mentioned, which would be an interesting contrarian to your Le'Veon Bell. But if I leave him to you, that's kind of fun. So I'm going to leave him to you. I'm going to take Keenan Allen uh, as my second wide receiver pick. And then I'm going to head over. Obviously, i got a quarterback and two wide receivers. I'm going to pick a running back now. And uh, so you took Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. I'm going to take Ezekiel
0: Elliott. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so... Man, you really left me in a tough spot here with quarterback. There are some guys I have my eye on, but I'm not 100% confident in. So I think I'm just gonna do this. I think I'm gonna go a little, little off the beaten path here. I'm gonna go with Eli Manning at quarterback for all those passing attempts. And for my last wide receiver here, I'm going to go with. Oof, um, I'm gonna go with Doug Baldwin.
3: Very interesting. Yeah, so you're going with Eli Manning to block my Odell Beckham play because if Odell goes off, he and Eli are pretty correlated. So you're, you're going the blocking route this week. You tried to block me with Jordy Nelson. So now I'm hoping Aaron Rodgers throws all his touchdowns to uh, the other Green Bay guys. So all I have left is my second running back choice. Um, there's definitely some options. We've got Kareem Hunt on the Monday game. Um, we've got uh, Lashawn McCoy course there as a play that you mentioned and he is actually the guy that uh i am going to go with Lashawn McCoy against Cincinnati i think just uh i like the workload and i don't think the matchup is as scary as it seems
0: nice nice all right let's hope i can get back and uh it'll be awesome when i'm four and one next (sighs) week yeah gotta earn it first you gotta earn it first and not it yeah well you have eli manning as your quarterback (laughs) so it's already a given right (laughs) yeah right it certainly doesn't look all that great on paper, but we're, we're going to pull through here. We're going to pull through. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick, defenses. So there are some interesting plays this week. Um, I don't think there's really, is there any particular defense that's just an utter smash to where everyone's going to be all over it? I don't think so, but I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I, I have some names kind of floating around in my head, but who do you think you're going to be looking at for, for the defensive position this week? Well,
3: uh, I'm going the GPP route, and I even think they're in playing cash games, but I'm going to go the GPP route here. My favorite play of the week for defense is the Buffalo Bills at $2,600 at Cincinnati. I don't think a ton of people will be on them, but Buffalo has been very good this year. What scares you about Cincinnati? I mean, Andy Dalton was putrid the first two games when he had bad matchups. Right now in DraftKings, Buffalo Bills' lowest output of the year is eight DraftKings points. You can get pressure on Andy Dalton. He has six turnovers already this year in four games, so that's one and a half per game. Uh, And I think, you know, people won't be on Andy Dalton, or or sorry, on the Buffalo defense. And I think he makes, the Buffalo defense makes a good correlation play as a contrarian with LaShawn McCoy there, who we like in GPP. So uh, this is a play that I think uh, is, is one that I love. Uh, again, I want to give a shout out to Fantasy Labs. They always have great tools, and we're good partners with them over here at RotoViz. Every single Fantasy Labs model I've built has Buffalo in the top three in the model rankings. Uh, you, whether you use the Levitan model, I have my own Rotodoc model. You can use their default tournament model. Buffalo shows up in the top in every single one of them. I'm, of course, biased to my Rotodoc model because defense is a position I take pride in. I've had a lot of good picks this year, except Baltimore this past weekend. But. Uh, that said, um, Buffalo defense is my favorite defensive play this week. I know there's going to be some other chalkier ones, so I'm curious, Heath, which ones do you like?
0: You know, we have a pretty common theme going, you know, through defenses thus far. Um, and you know what? I <laughs> we kind of say that. I, I still like them. I still like them this week, following that. Just save your defensive touchdown last week by the Kansas City Chiefs. Twenty twenty seven hundred. This is a fantastic defense. And I, I realize they're, you know, they're playing against the you know the next big star and Deshaun Watson. Um, but he is still a rookie quarterback. Um, he is still prone to mistakes. I, I'm not going to let one, you know, poor Tennessee secondary really lead me to believe he is just this utter smash play at quarterback. So and when you get a discount on them at twenty seven hundred, I'm all about it. I think that's just a just a great play. Um, it, you know, it's it it hurts me to think, but you know, even after that rough week of us going all in on Baltimore, I kind of want to go back in on Baltimore again as well. Twenty nine hundred against the EJ Manuel led Oakland Raiders. Um, I think that's a, a spot, even though they're on the road. I think could be could be quite nice. Um. And then the Philadelphia Eagles for 3100 You had mentioned Fantasy Labs. Fantasy Labs has them as their highest rated defense this week in terms of um, the Adam Levitan model rating. Um, Yeah, Carson Palmer is a guy that, you know, he's kind of been picking it up lately, but he's been known to throw a pick or two. And Philadelphia is pretty good on special teams. They're pretty much as good all across the defense. Really no single weakness. So... In a game to where they could see a lot of turnovers, I, I like them as well at a, you know kind of a discount as well, thirty one hundred on DraftKings.
3: Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Actually, I think uh, I was. If you didn't mention them, I was going to mention Philadelphia. I know they they've been a little banged up in the secondary, but Carson Palmer does throw his share of interceptions. And uh, Philadelphia last year in was in the winning GPP lineup, M- millionaire maker lineup twice. I think it was. And this year, I can't remember week one if they were in the winning lineup or very close to it because there were so many good defenses in week one. But they had 22 DraftKings points the first weekend. So. Uh, they definitely have the upside, and there's an upside matchup here with Carson Palmer. So um, Philadelphia is going to be my one that I, I mentioned if you didn't mention it, but you did, so we're good to go on defense.
0: All right, let's move on to the stacks, correlations, play segment of the show. Nick, who are some, some stacks this week that you're really liking? I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be, even though they are ninth, you're probably going to be fading that that Packers-Dallas-Cowboys game, but I think there are some other... Nice games this week, at which you can stack, which could really turn into shootouts pretty quickly.
3: Definitely, I mean, obviously, we talked about uh, both sides of that San Francisco-Indianapolis game. I think there's shootout potential there, um, just because, uh, like we mentioned, in terms of San Francisco's side, it's their best matchup of the year. Um, San Francisco does have a good defense, but you know, I think Jacoby Brissett brings. Uh, something to the table. He's been pretty good the past couple weeks here. So uh, I like Jacoby Brissett. Plus, he went to NC State, and uh, I'm always an NC State homer there with grad school there. So uh, I think a couple other matchups are, are pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I do think there's a chance that. Uh, this New York Giants and Chargers game shoots out. So you pick Eli Manning. I like kind of like that as a GPP pick. Um, I don't mind Phillip rivers and the chargers there as a GPP pick, but I don't think i love it either. Just Phillip rivers hasn't had a ton of upside this year. And so there are a lot of questions as to around his arm, whether his arm is dead, but, uh, you know, did put up almost 24 DraftKings points this past weekend, and so I, it's not impossible. It was against Philadelphia, which isn't the easiest matchup in the world. Definitely the Giants are a tougher matchup, so I don't like stacking that side, but I don't mind taking the Eli side if you want to take some shots there, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I think my quarterback exposure is gonna be pretty narrow this week. I, I definitely will have some of the Aaron Rodgers and the Dak Prescott stacks. I'm just gonna be underweight on them, but I like going overweight maybe on um, uh, as I mentioned those other games, and then maybe even like the the Carson Wentz um, side of of the Philly Arizona game. I could even I could understand I can entertain some Carson Palmer in my non-Philly defense lineups as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I, I really like to have Philadelphia side, you know, with. That I think a running back, a backfield that probably is one to where they could just really lean on the passing game in certain situations. And this week against the Cardinals fairly tough run defense, but a very mm-hmm. vulnerable secondary. I think that could be a real nice stack there. You know, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, or perhaps you go with, um, if, if you're scared of the Patrick Peterson matchup, maybe go Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, probably avoid Zach Gertz, given just how good they are against tight ends in Arizona. But that could be a nice stack play. Also this the Seattle Seahawks and Rams game. You know, this this Los Angeles Rams team is one that I don't think anyone foresaw this just kind of explosion of offense coming from them. And not only that, but a really poor defense overall even with Aaron Donald back and Robert Quinn on that defensive line. They're just giving up a ton of points even to really I'd say easy, you know, easier matchups relative in like the games like the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so with the Seattle Seahawks team with Russell Wilson, if, if he just kind of happens beyond, be that game could put some points up himself, this could be a nice game to stack, uh, whether you go with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods or go on the other side with Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett Tyler Lockett has been seeing a, a bump up in targets uh, going his way, so I think there's a lot of direction you can go in that game as well and then the, um, the 49ers Colts game, it's going to be kind of a a, po- a poor man's uh, game overall, but really could just be one to where both teams, while they might be pretty bad or decent enough on offense to where they just put a lot of points on the board and just kind of make it an exciting game.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Another one we didn't mention is Miami. Obviously, Tennessee yeah. has been just a disaster lately against the quarterback position. And Jay Cutler hasn't really done anything this year, but I can I can entertain a bit of Jay Cutler to like uh, Devontae Parker if we're talking stacks. Um, and then I mentioned the correlation play there between the Buffalo defense and Lashawn McCoy. I I just I love that play. I don't I don't see. Why, like, I just, I don't see why people wouldn't play Buffalo this week. And they're $2,600. Uh, the team total there for Cincinnati is not that high. I know they're on the road and they're a dog, which is, or you know, probably what's going to keep people off of them. But I don't, that doesn't scare me. Uh, I want to, I really want to see pressure on the quarterback. And I think Buffalo can get pressure on, uh, you know, Andy Dalton there. So I love that correlation play with with uh, LaShawn McCoy. Just, just a, a very good sack for me this weekend. I think that's p- quite possibly my favorite play. You know, I mean, I'll probably have a variety of quarterback receiver stacks because I think they're. I don't think there's any slam dunks this week. Uh, obviously, they the chalk hit last week, which was. Uh, it's always a disaster for me when the chalk hits, but uh, I think um, this week there aren't as many uh, outside of the Green Bay Dallas game, which would be really chalky. I don't think there will be super high ownership on any other quarterbacks. I'll probably have some spread out exposure, in my my QB wide receiver stacks, but I think my my Buffalo Sean McCoy stack will be one I'm pretty overweight. Excuse me, pretty overweight on this weekend.
0: Yeah, talk about a line. We'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but a line that just makes no sense to me this week. That Buffalo line with the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. <laughs> Seems kind like quite an oversight, but anyway, let's move on to that last segment. But before we do, the fantasy football world, a lot like the sports world, Nick, it's one where everyone's looking for advice, whether it be fantasy advice betting advice. Everyone's looking for a recommendation, but for some reason, people never ask where you should be playing. It's just as important as who you're playing. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie's been around for years. They've been a go-to in the betting world for a while now. They do 100% cash bonuses. They have the fastest payouts as fast as two business days. You put in the work You know who to play, so why don't you turn that knowledge into some cold, hard cash and win big today. Make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on-the-go quick and easy. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Just use promo code ROTONFL to activate the offer. Also... If you sign up this week with the Roto NFL promo code and then forward a copy of your sign up confirmation email to rotovisradio at gmail.com, you'll be entered into our drawing for a limited edition Rotovis athletic jacket. Now, you better get to it. This is the last week, folks. If you want to get that Rotovis jacket, you gotta sign up this week. So head over to my bookie deposit some money and then forward us your email confirmation and we'll announce the winner on a future episode visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get
2: paid hey sports fans football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
0: All right, let's get into our final segment of the show, Nick. The theories, the bets, and the Vegas lines. You know, what lines are you looking at that are that are wrong? What bets are you looking to make at, you know, this week? Whether there be game totals, um, team totals. Um, what are some bets you think you're at least tempted to make this week?
3: Yeah, um, so this is an interesting one, but I think uh, I think Pittsburgh just obliterates Jacksonville. So I know they're eight and a half point favorites, but uh, I think Pittsburgh, you know, maybe they go uh, and win by two touchdowns or three touchdowns or something crazy like that. We know Blake Bortles has a penchant for throwing interceptions or just being completely off. And so, you know, we talked about another defense running back stack. You could stack the defense for the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell. So there's some implications there. I know it will be more of a chalky stack, but I'm also okay with that correlation play there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just – I think Steelers at home, we all like their splits there at home. We we like the fact that, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell has a very strong matchup, and we think Antonio Brown can take advantage a bit of uh, Jacksonville maybe because Jacksonville has had some pretty easy matchups so far in terms of the passing game. They're at home, what's not to like here? Blake Bortles, you know, he throws interceptions, and uh, I think obviously with Pittsburgh, in terms of uh, you know, in terms of the quarterback position, Pittsburgh isn't uh, terrible by any means against the quarterback. Uh, if you look at schedule adjusted, they're uh, a, 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 on the difficult side of the matchup for the quarterback. So I think Blake Bortles could maybe have some problems there on the road against Pittsburgh. So I like Pittsburgh to cover that eight and a half, that favorite that they are.
0: That's really interesting because that was one of the that was one of the high um, the high team totals other week in Pittsburgh and you are that confident in them. I love that. I love that play. Um, yeah, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Buffalo going after Buffalo in DFS. Buffalo right now is plus three against the Cincinnati Bengals on my bookie. How do you not just take that? I understand that they beat up on the Browns, but the Cincinnati Bengals team has been pretty darn lowly, especially with Andy Dalton. Um playing as poor as he has. And this Buffalo Bills team just beat the Falcons on the road. Beat probably the one of the likely best and you know teams in the NFC. And now they play the Bengals and they're not favored. I just don't get that one. That seems like a pretty easy layup. Um again, the, the New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns right now is a pick Um I, we we keep you know, it seems to be like the Cleveland Browns are easy money every week. And now that you get the Jets, I know they're the Jets, but they have you know, they've won the last two weeks, been looking pretty good, especially against this Browns team against that, that has really just looks downtrodden at this point. So I, I love the Jets that in that spot right there. And then one more, um, the Green Bay Packers, plus two on the road against the Cowboys. I think this Packers team is just uh far superior in terms of how they're going to match up. I think the Cowboys will have some troubles um if this game script really gets out of control and they're down. Against this Aaron Rodgers passing offense, um, they have shown that they, you know, kind of kind of struggle if they're forced to pass the ball and not able to give Zeke Elliott the ball on the ground and really play ball control. So that's another bet I like this week at uh, in Green Bay.
3: Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think those are all fair bets, but um, you know, I don't see a huge amount of betting value that I love this weekend myself. Um, I I tend to be pickier and choosier but then when I do I kind of just try to smash them and I think that Pittsburgh spot is just a spot I'm going to smash this weekend Uh, right now the spread bets are pretty even, they're almost 50-50 between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville so uh, I think this is a situation where we've seen kind of struck a balance in the market, but I don't think it's actually that balanced. So I'm I'm I don't know. I, I just think it's I think it's a great situation overall. Everything seems to be lining up for Pittsburgh. They're getting stronger. At least Zeke you know or sorry, Zeke uh, Leon Bell's getting stronger and I love seeing that home. All weapons go. Antonio Brown's pissed off. You know, he's gonna he's gonna command some some attention as well. And I think Pittsburgh just just goes bananas.
0: Yeah. We have Angry Tom and now we have Angry Antonio. I love that. I love that, Nick. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily. Please remember to rate and review the RotoViz Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to RotoViz through the RotoViz Radio channel at rotoviz.com slash podcast. And yeah, that'll do it. So for Nick, who you can find on Twitter at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger at Heath K on Twitter. And we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the RotoViz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by RotoViz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established RotoViz Radio feed. Contact us via email. On the Daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS.